0: Hey everybody, it's Martine. We are doing something different today. As the pandemic continues, school districts around the country are grappling with this question of how to reopen for the fall, fully in person, fully remote, some hybrid of the two. And one of the things that they're definitely thinking about is what they learned from their experiences earlier this year when most school districts switched to online learning, the things that worked and the things that didn't work. That's why we wanted to bring you this story from All Told, another podcast here at The Post that has been sharing firsthand stories from Americans living through the pandemic. One of their recent episodes looked at the realities of remote schooling and how everyone, teachers, students, and parents, are just trying to figure it out. And so on today's episode, we are playing that whole story for you. The next voice you'll hear is Bishop Sand, the producer of this episode of All Told.
1: This is the story about the hardships and the hopefulness that emerged from a teacher, three students, and a reporter as the coronavirus rippled through the American educational system. We start in early May with Laura Meckler, the national education reporter for The Washington Post.
2: It's really interesting to be covering something that I am also experiencing, as a parent. I obviously I see education, you know, year in and year out from a parent point of view. But now I'm seeing it like really up close and personal. I'm really seeing what these kids are doing, and you know, having to make it happen in our house.
3: I find out that Piggy is a miserable shot.
2: No, come on. What does it? What do we find out about the about the about it? It's sort of an an interesting time for me to be both reporting on what's happening in the country and also experiencing it. Uh, it's not easy. In fact, it's really, really hard. Do
3: something that makes it relate. listen. I'll just do something that will make it relate. Do you want, do you or do you not want me to do that? Yes, but I'm
2: just pointing out to you, yeah. look, that this here. OK, good. You want me to do it? OK, fine. Can I just, can we just talk about it for a second? No. The text tells you what is going
1: on. Two months earlier, Laura had started working on a story about the impact of schools going online because of the virus. And in this episode, we go inside her reporting process.
2: So it was mid-March, and schools all over the country were closing. Just one after the next, and states started shutting down, and it was just becoming clear that basically the entire U.S. educational system was grinding to a halt and trying to move to remote learning. And, you know, as the post-education writer, national education writer, I was trying to figure out, you know, how are we going to cover this? And I got an email out of the blue from a teacher in San Francisco. His name is Eric Nielsen. How's it going?
4: Uh, well, um, this
1: is Mr. Nielsen.
2: And he said that he teaches in a high-poverty school and that... He was really worried about his kids.
4: Worried that they're, they're going to miss out on some of their uh, goals or their, their hopes.
1: He teaches AP World History to 10th graders at Burton High School in San Francisco, where 69% of students are classified as socioeconomically disadvantaged. Most of his students identify as Asian or Hispanic. Mr. Nielsen tries to keep them motivated about their schoolwork when confined in homes with shaky internet and families who are always there
4: you're counting three or four siblings just in a, you know, crowded into a a singular room.
2: It's just so insightful to me. I felt like I I understand it on a deeper level, um, talking to such a committed teacher who is still really struggling.
4: It's really hard. The first thing I'm thinking about is just how hard this is to do with everything constantly changing under you.
2: And the students I talked to also blew me away. The things that they are
3: Confronting, I went to the ER a couple of times just to get it checked out because I had that flu for, like, almost over a month.
5: And I'm alone more, and I guess it gets me more stressed.
3: Helping my great-grandma and then my mom, you know, her being sick, so I think I've kind of overcome that.
2: They're all just, they're all just really, really trying to manage difficult, difficult situations.
1: Laura decided to follow these students for months and write a big story about it for The Post. The students are going to be taking the AP World History exam in the spring, which is a nationwide exam.
2: As they get closer to the, closer to the test, you can just hear their anxiety levels going up, it's just more and more. Uh, Mr. Nielsen found out early on and told me about that was important was that they changed the way they were going to do the AP test.
1: Normally, students would be taking this exam, like all standardized tests, in a classroom on paper, with a proctor. But now students are taking it online from home, some on borrowed laptops. The format of the AP exam has also changed.
2: They are no longer doing the full test, which involves a big set of multiple-choice questions and short answers and a couple essays. Instead, the whole thing is coming down to one essay, a document-based question, what they call a DBQ. And it's you get like five documents about some... Um, question in history, this could be any, you know, any sort of world history type question and you have, they have an hour to turn it in. So it's just a high stakes, high stakes situation all on one question. You know, the same time I'm here trying to do school from home with my own kids, you might hear them in the background here, they uh, have got a seven year old and a 10 year old um, but it is just like another thing, another thing that we have to do. Um, I think that's how a lot of people feel right now. It's just another thing, whatever whatever the thing may be. I'm going to go check on Luke to see if he's actually working on this graphic novel. Hey, Luke. Yeah. All right, what are you doing? Luke, for real?
1: Luke, Laura's son, is working on a graphic novel for school. I'm coming. He has to write a story with rising action and then oh illustrate it.
2: Did you do I the things we thing. discussed? Did I you... forgot what, just one tiny thing. To... One tiny thing? Luke, you barely were working on it for 20 minutes. You, you had a lot of things you needed to fix. That I castle can't... page and the speech page. Did you break up the speech into several slides?
5: No. Did you do
2: any of the things we discussed, babe?
5: No,
2: I'm... <laughs> Luke? Yes, Luke, I listen, dude. We've got, what? Two days. Two days left of fifth grade. Then you're done for the summer. Let's make them count, okay? Okay. Yeah. I want you to work... It's, this is going to be awesome, and I Wait. want you to really give it your all, okay? No, complete um, idiot I'm,
3: I'm,
2: <laughs> All right. I'm going back upstairs. I gotta, I gotta try to, I've written exactly half a sentence in my story. Okay. All right, I'm going up now. I gotta do more. Try to figure this. I literally have accomplished almost nothing. Um, literally I've written like half a sentence. 9.17 and I am going to go downstairs and continue my work of storyboarding the story, putting all the pieces together. It feels like it's really coming together. So I'm excited about that. I'm going to be talking to my editor about it in the morning, sort of laying out how I see all the pieces fitting together and I'm really looking forward to getting feedback from him. Should I just go through the whole, what I have? Yeah, sure. Okay. So stop me at any time. Yeah.
1: Um, this is Laura and her editor, Joe Tone, talking about the story she's working on with the AP exam that includes a teacher, Mr. Nielsen and several students.
2: Okay. I, I see the lead as starting on the last day of school um, and say something like, you know, that the last day that San Francisco schools were, you know, in their buildings um, you know, the district as a whole had no idea how they were going to make online learning work. But you know, this guy, Eric Nielsen, knew that he had to find a way, you know, this AP test was coming.
4: Yeah. yeah. Was he able to
1: just... remember? The students that Laura was interviewing are all finishing their classes online and at home. Laura is living through this situation with her two sons, making her house noisy and distracting. But a quiet house brings its own difficulties. Laura explains the living conditions of a student named Ryan.
2: His house is so quiet. Everybody's working, doing their own thing. And he's alone. How hard is that, to be alone in in your house all day?
5: It's pretty hard. Uh, I'm just, just, like, I'm really fortunate to have, like, a computer and stuff. So I could like, talk to my friends and play video games, like, pass the time.
2: He lives with his younger sister, his mom and dad but they're not that close to each other, it seems. He describes his family as a typically Chinese family, and I think what he means by that is that they put a lot of pressure on him to do well academically.
5: They, they expect us to have, like, at least a B, and, or what, or, you know, just, like, all A's. Um, yeah, that's really, they just talk about school and not really anything else.
2: And, um... Do they are they happy with your grades? Were they are they generally pleased with how you do?
5: Yeah, they they are. I think they're really happy with me. I think.
2: I'm I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are really happy with you. Um and I'm sure for other reasons too, even if they don't say it. Um Brian's a really good student. He's also just really lonely during this period. Normally he spends so much time with his friends and now he's all by himself. And, you know, I think one of the consequences is he's up until like two in the morning playing video games with his friends almost every night. And I think that's just because it's the only connection he has to people.
1: Daily routines are now totally different. It's definitely the case for Ryan, but also Laura, who now stays up late to concentrate on her own work. And routines are especially disrupted for a student named Ambriana, who is struggling to keep her sleep schedule anywhere
3: near normal.
2: What time did you go to sleep last night?
3: (laughs) I went to sleep at 4 a.m. You know, I was up, my grandma was up, so we were just talking, watching TV. And then eventually she went to sleep before me, so then I was was I doing? I think I was just watching YouTube.
2: Mr. Nielsen told me that um, Ambriana is exactly the kind of kid who he really tries to recruit into his classes. One of his goals is to try to make his classes more racially diverse and African-American kids are underrepresented in AP classes and in fact she is the only one in her section of AP. Her mom has been in and out of the hospital and she has to stay home a lot with her great-grandmother. Sometimes she's up late with her great-grandma. Her great-grandma has dementia and needs her, so she basically sleeps on a couch outside of her great-grandmother's room in case she's needed. But, but, you know, she's also had so much success. She's had internships. She's succeeded in sports. She was on the Black Student Union, and I just feel like she has so much potential. She decided to really go for it with this AP class. Um, she's got a complicated home life and this uh, first DBQ was rough on her.
3: It was kind of difficult for me to answer the prompt, but I did try my best, even though I only got to the beginning of my um, first body paragraph, I still tried.
2: Do you, do you have your essay still? Could you share it with me?
3: Oh, okay, I see it. Um, oh. I said the the Portuguese impacted maritime trade in the Indian Ocean by taxing non-Portuguese ships that were trading in that region, although they did not completely transform maritime trade, being that they had to compete with other merchants, and they never extended their power beyond that of which they had control of. So that was like my general thesis after I gave my historical context.
1: Ambriana gets feedback on her essay from Mr. Nielsen. He's up late as well.
2: So he's up in the middle of the night also because his eight-month-old baby has decided to start teething at this moment. and He's waking him up in the middle of the night, and Nielsen's up with him, walking the halls, rocking him, trying to get him back to sleep.
1: Harder still for Mr. Nielsen is that he's under more pressure at school. His principal says teachers are assigning too much work to students at home. Mr. Nielsen checks it out for himself.
2: He conducts a poll with his students to see, you know, is he assigning too much work? And the answer comes back, yes, he
4: is. You know, it just, the the numbers were just much larger than I thought they were going to be.
1: Mr. Nelson is also in the teachers' union. And they have made it clear that the teachers are only supposed to be online for four hours a day.
2: He's way over that. I'm not
4: even close to four hours.
2: And he's realizing he really needs to dial it back for his students. You know, it's not for himself. He supports the union, he respects their concerns, but he kind of blows it off because he just feels like he has to do what he has to do.
4: For teaching, this is like our our World War II. <laughs> like, and that may be hyperbolic, it may be a bit extreme. It's a situation that is so extreme that we, we're we getting called on as teachers to do more, to, to stand up and help society as a whole. And, you know, it, it, if we didn't do it, if we didn't put in the time and the effort, it, it would be like my grandparents not going to go fight the Nazis.
2: So he's like, yeah, yeah, I got to assign less work, but... It's also against these mounting pressures of this looming
1: test. Another student that Laura reached out to, his name is Jonathan, has had an extremely hard time lately. He tells her that in the last few years, he's lost his baby sister.
3: Like, I felt like I lost, like, everything. Like, I think that was, like, a really, that was a turning point in my life. I was, like, I went from really happy to just depressed for the next couple of months because I was really attached to my baby sister.
2: It's been such a hard year for Jonathan. You know, earlier in the year, he was hit by a car and he was hobbling around on crutches. And then a few weeks before school got out, he got this flu and he just couldn't shake it.
3: Or it would like go away, but it would always come back. And so that I I didn't know what was going on with me. And I would have, I would have blood come out um, every time I would cough. And so it was, it was just concerning because I didn't know if I had COVID-19 or if it was just a normal case of the flu or, you know.
2: It turns out it was pneumonia and it just kept coming and going. And he would go to school when he could and he wore a mask and that led to people taunting
3: him. You know, you got corona, you know. It, it's it's dumb at first. He's really worried. Like, what if, what if they're actually you know right you know like maybe maybe you should be concerned
2: and you know it's been a really hard couple of years for him and his family they just a couple years ago had to move out of their house because the rent was getting really high close to $4000 a month they went into subsidized public housing with his mom and his sister who's in college and his new half sister who's 2 years old and their grandmother and he and his grandmother share a room, in fact they share a twin bed, and his grandma is now sick and in the, in the hospital with pneumonia, and he's so scared that he gave it to her. There's just so much on his plate. During the day on most days, he's in charge of watching his little sister while he's also trying to do school.
3: I want to be a good older sibling, I want to be there to take care of her. You know? Do you think
2: part of that is because of the sister that you lost?
3: Yeah, I think, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah.
2: So he's got all of this on him.
1: Other students have tough situations, but Jonathan's case seems particularly hard. And yet, despite all of this, he's focused on completing this class and doing well in the AP exam.
2: So he's just exhausted, and he's so far behind in his schoolwork, and he's just trying so hard to catch up.
3: Today, I, I was doing homework for, like, four hours before this call. I really like to spend time on what I'm working on. I kind of like to do it right. I don't like to, like, take shortcuts, yeah. basically.
1: Online classes continue for Ryan, Ambriana, Jonathan, Mr. Nielsen, and Laura's sons. And as you might expect, occasionally the internet connection cuts out. But this gets a little harder if you are the teacher, during one class in April, Mr. Nielsen's internet crashed.
2: It takes him 15 minutes to get back
4: online.
1: He figured his class was empty, but...
4: Back back. How many can't make- stayed, stayed with me?
1: His students were there.
4: Everybody. Wow, that's incredible.
2: Everybody is still there, and he's just so touched by this. He's actually shocked and feeling like, you know, maybe all this work is worth it. They actually really do care about this. And the students, they're like, of course we're still here. Uh,
4: I think it's, I think it's, I think it's done. All right. All right. Bye-bye. And thank you guys for staying with me.
1: It's the middle of May. The AP exams began last week and the company that runs the AP exams, College Board, says that things have been going pretty well, although there have been reports of difficulties submitting exams online. Laura called up Ryan, the student who felt lonely and pressured to decide his college major. Laura asked him how he's doing the day before the exam.
2: Are you feeling burned out, like it's a lot of work and you're, you're like, sick of it? Or are you feeling like, oh gosh, when summer comes, what am I going to do then?
5: Oh, I'm not really, like, burned out from the work, but I'm just I don't really like, online classes. I'd rather be in, like, school physically. Um, So I'm kind of, like, I'm I'm ready for, like, this whole online class thing to just go away it's kind of uh, annoying. Okay. Um,
2: Leslie, how are you feeling about the test tomorrow? Uh,
5: Of course, I'm nervous. Uh, Like, maybe there's, like, a chance that maybe... I won't get like the minimum amount of points to pass. And then um, I kind of like, I feel like I wasted my whole year, you know, like doing taking AP and then not getting the credits um, for, from the test. But I think overall, I think I'm gonna do okay. Yeah,
2: okay, cool. All right, so are you going to go to sleep at, um, on the early side tonight, or do you think you'll be up playing games until, you know, 3, 4 in the morning?
5: Uh, I'm going to try to go to sleep before 2. two? I can wake yeah. up at 10 and have 8 hours. Um, okay.
2: I'm sure you'll do great. So.
5: Yeah, hopefully, hopefully.
2: All right, good luck.
5: All right, thank you. The student
1: whose baby sister died and went through pneumonia, Jonathan, is all caught up with his schoolwork, and he's optimistic.
3: Mm, I'm feeling pretty confident, uh, if I'm being honest, Uh, because uh, we we got our scores back for the essay, the practice essay, and I got a 9 out of 10.
2: Oh my god, dude! Yeah. That's the highest score I've heard from anybody. So it is 11, 12 p.m., and my day is coming to a close. I just talked to I, the last kiddo for the night, um, Jonathan, who I've been so worried about. He's just had such a tough, tough road and a lot of illness, um, a lot of stress, um, just last week he hurt his arm, uh, his biceps. He was worried he was going to have to have surgery at some point. He's been up so late. His family has a lot of stressors on him and, um, he's just been kind of a mess. And I just talked to him and like, he's doing great and I'm feeling so happy for him. Um, First words out of his mouth. He's he's still studying tonight, like totally cramming, which is exactly the kind of thing I would have done um, in high school um, or college. Actually, it's the kind of thing I still do. What are what what are we saying here? Um, but anyway, so he's like cramming tonight, and he um, said he like only has like five minutes to talk. I stayed up till eleven o'clock my time to get him on the phone. I was like, I'll just talk to you for a few minutes, and he said he just feels like he can really focus on this exam without worrying. He promised that he's going to try to go to sleep at midnight or one because he's one of these kids who's been up, stays up all night playing video games. And he says, not going to do that tonight. So, you know, speaking as a, uh, the parental figure here, uh, I, you know, hope he doesn't, of course, you know, as a neutral reporter, he can do what he likes, but I hope he doesn't. Um, anyway, so it's good. I'm feeling good it's been a bit it's been a long day for me um, I started at 8:30 this morning um, doing an interview for a story about uh, budget cuts uh, state budget cuts and how that was going to affect districts different story just a, um, a quicker turnaround story that was at 8:30 this morning then I worked with with um, got Luke set up for his mandatory assessments um, like standardized testing which his school is making them all do. He had a minor meltdown about that because he did not want to do these tests. Can't really blame him, but anyway, tomorrow's their big day, and I can't wait to hear from them how it goes.
1: The school year is finally coming to an end. This is welcome news for the cohort of students that Laura is following. Laura's two sons are ecstatic about it. And it's a huge relief for Mr. Nielsen, who's about to send his class to take the AP. But just before he does that, he gathers them one more time over Zoom.
4: This is lovely. All right. I was worried nobody was going to show up, but I've got at least 51 of you. All right. That's great.
1: It's designed to get everybody psyched and to also just make sure that everyone's awake to take the exam.
4: Uh, If you don't see somebody here that you know should be here, one of your friends, text them right now. Wake them up. You might be the reason they actually show up to the AP exam. Text your friends. Look through the participants list. Find the people that should be here. I'm not allowed to go over any material with you, but they didn't say I couldn't play you songs. So I'm going to play you some songs as more people join in i just want to say first of all good luck to you all this is the first step not the last step on your ap journey all right this is the first exam and you're about to take a test that is very hard in the most ridiculous and impossible of circumstances. So give yourselves a break. No matter how it turns out, all right. No matter how it turns out, it is going to be uh, it is going to be okay. All right. This test does not define who you are or the work that you've done. That's the grade that you've gotten in my class. That is the work that you've put in all year long. All right. And it doesn't matter how well you score on this exam, all right? Colleges uh, are not going to know how you did. You could get a one to a five uh, unless you tell them, all right? So there is no reason to stress out, all right? Now, uh, we've got about 20 minutes between um, now and the uh, actual beginning of the exam. So I hope you guys, I would like you to go and get everything that you need for that exam right now and set it out in your workspace all right do you have your textbook
1: the exam went pretty well for most students there were a few technical problems but not bad for the first time that the ap has been online so what were the technical problems that people
4: ran into we had a uh, power outage in a town nearby that Um, provided internet service to a number of my students. So right on the edge of San Francisco uh, is another town uh, called Pacifica. And Pacifica and, and South San Francisco, parts of South San Francisco had a power outage that cut internet out during the hour of the exam. So A number of my students just couldn't even take it because they just said they were all prepared, they were all signed in, and then boom, Internet cuts out. Um, I had kids face the dreaded, um, your response did not submit, um, which meant that they had to try and quickly figure out how to email the uh, response in. which I had warned them about, and some of them had been, you know, they'd been warned about for more than a a week, but, you know, some of them just weren't paying attention. You know, they're 15 and 16.
1: In the end, Mr. Nielsen said, it doesn't really matter how the students do. The test did something for them that really had nothing to do with scores. It created a community, and that's a success for Mr. Nielsen. A community to keep kids motivated, structured, and hopeful, especially when everything... And I mean everything around you, in the world, and inside your home. It seems so hard.
2: Luke's fifth grade promotion day, there was, uh a parade, uh, like a car parade around the school. Uh, We (laughs) took our car with the sunroof and Luke basically sat on top of the car. Um, I did insist that he keep his legs uh, at least dangling inside the car, (laughs) even though we're only going like five miles an hour. I did not want to see him fall off the car. Uh, Anyway, it was nice. There were a lot of people there and, um, you know, maybe 70 cars, 60 cars, something like that um, going around slowly around the school. And there were other parents. and and siblings lining the route, the block, around the school. So they were cheering for all the kids. I'm really proud of him. Um, I'm proud of all of us for (laughs) getting through this distance learning. Um, It is not easy, even uh, in a family that has all the advantages. It's still not easy.
4: For a lot of kids, like school is a bright place where they get to see their friends, where they get to see their teachers who care about them, and now that's just completely taken away with no outlet and a situation they don't want to be in, and that's, that's just very hard.
0: This story was reported and produced by Laura Meckler and Bishop Sand. It was edited by Lillian Cunningham and Jess Stahl. That's it for today's episode. We'll be back on Monday with more stories from The Washington Post.